Hello, everybody. It is I, Old Smith. I have come once again on the Just a Little Bit Out West podcast so that we can get just a little bit out west. (laughs) So this week... We're going to talk about something that everyone thinks that they know what it is. And almost everyone is pretty close to wrong. And even the things I tell you today, some of them won't be exactly right. But I'm going to try to help us to find out what the truth is. The subject this week is prayer. And everyone says, oh, I know what prayer is. That's easy. It's really not. Um, The word prayer in the Old Testament comes from a Hebrew word that means supplication. And supplication means to ask a humble request for help from someone in authority. What we have to understand is that that is the old understanding of prayer, and that comes from the Old Testament. But as you and I have talked about quite a few times before, the New Testament, the New Covenant, the New Agreement that we've talked about, that changed everything. And so, because of what Jesus has done, and because of our new relationship with God, we are no longer begging for anything. So, with a New Testament understanding of prayer, Jesus commands us to pray in his name. What does that mean? If I'm going to the bank and I'm getting out a deposit, in someone else's name, and I take whatever they require, a permission slip or power of attorney or whatever, I'm doing that in their name. So I'm withdrawing money in your name with your permission. That's praying in Jesus' name. We are praying with his authority. John 16, 26 through 27 tells us that we are supposed to approach God with the same authority and favor that Jesus himself does. And then he says in verse 23, whatsoever we ask in his name, it's going to be done. So as we have talked about before, Jesus coming and dying changes everything. So what it says there in John, I'll just read this to you. In verse 23, he says, I say to you, whatever you will ask in my Father's name, he will give it to you. Up until now, you have asked nothing in my name, but now ask and you will receive so that your joy can be full. And these things I spoke to you in Proverbs, but the time is coming. And he's talking about after he raises from the dead. When I will no more speak with you in Proverbs, but I'm going to show you plainly about the Father. 
And in that day, you will be able to ask for things in my name. And I'm not saying I'm going to pray the Father for you, because the Father loves you because you have loved me, Jesus. So the point of all this is that when we are going to God now, we are no longer begging God because we're going in there in Jesus' name. We are going in there with the same authority that Jesus has. Now, you might say to yourself, well, I can't do that because I have sin in my life. Yes, that's true, you do. But that was the whole point. We've talked about this over and over. That's the whole point of Jesus going to the cross, is he paid for your sin so that you can have a relationship with God because of him. And you may remember in the story of Mephibosheth, where Mephibosheth had authority to go into the presence of the king. Why? Because his father was Jonathan. And because the king, David, loved Jonathan, then Mephibosheth, as Jonathan's son, was able to also have that relationship with the king. So from the time of the resurrection forward, Jesus is expecting us to be operating as his agents in the earth. We are representatives. We are ambassadors of heaven to the citizens of the earth. And we talked about that a little bit before in the ministry of reconciliation. So when we pray, as a result of that, we are speaking what God's word says and we are expecting God's will to be done. We're not speaking under our own authority. We are speaking God's word as God's representative in the earth because Jesus has placed in us that privilege. We're not begging God to do things. We're speaking what God has already said. We're speaking the words of heaven with authority, and we are expecting our Father. I know this is hard to understand. It's hard to hard to wrap your head around that because you've been told all this time that you're a worm and you just have to beg God and hope that he has mercy on you. But he already did that. He already did that 2,000 years ago. It's so hard for us to understand that because we've been taught this unworthy and sinners thing. We don't know how to act like children of the king. We don't know how to act like royalty. And then we get into an even more difficult subject. And this is going to be a twofer again today because we're going to get into the subject of tongues. And it, once again, it's a subject that everybody thinks that they know what it means. But it <laughs> when we are speaking as a representative of God, as a representative of Jesus in Jesus' name, there is a part of us on the inside where we have thoughts that we can't necessarily put into words. And that's where this idea of tongues comes in. There's been a lot of 
misunderstanding about tongues where people sort of feel like that tongues is a demonic language or or they've been frightened by somebody speaking in tongues in a church, in a Pentecostal church. And Paul talks about that in, in the book of 1 Corinthians. He says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue is not speaking to people, but he's speaking to God because no person understands him. But in the Spirit, this is um, chapter 14, verse 1 through 40, he's speaking in mysteries. And if you are praying in tongues, also ask God to help you that you will be able to interpret. Because when I pray in an unknown tongue, this is what Paul says, my spirit is praying, but my understanding, my, my mind, my head, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm saying. And so I'm praying with my spirit, but I also pray with my head. And then Paul says, let all things be done unto edifying. In other words, let these things be done so that they build people up. Don't, don't go speak in an unknown tongue and then not tell people what you just said. And if you don't know what you just said, or if no one knows what you just said, then just shut up. Be quiet. Don't, don't be bringing about confusion because what we want here is peace. And Paul says, let all things be done decently and in order. So you can just see from that that the most that most people's understanding of tongues in, in a lot of Pentecostal type churches, and Jesus talked about that when he said in Matthew chapter six, Jesus says, And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, because they like to pray standing in the synagogues and out on the street so that people will see them. And I'm telling you, Jesus says, they got what they get, which is people saw them. That's all they get. They're not actually praying, is what Jesus says. He says, but when you pray, go into your closet, and when you're in there, God is going to see what you're saying, and he knows what you're saying, and he'll take care of that. He says, your father already knows the things that you need before you even ask. So going back to the whole tongues thing, when you're praying in the spirit, you're talking to God and you're talking to God spirit to spirit. And he knows what's in your heart. He knows what you need. And he, he knows what you're going to ask for before you even come. And so this kind of praying, that praying where you're praying in a tongue, you're praying from your innermost being. And sometimes our words just can't get that done. And that's all tongues is. It's really not a big, huge, mystical mystery that people have to discuss and worry about. When you're talking to God from the inside of yourself, you're just using your mouth, but God is hearing what's in your heart. And it just sort of directs that prayer. It's not quite the same as praying silently, because when you pray silently, your mind has a tendency sometimes to wander. And if you'll attempt to do that in, in the privacy of your own closet, as, they, as it says, you'll notice that there's 
a connection there that you didn't necessarily have when you're just praying silently or when you're just praying with your words. It it adds an additional level of connection. Now, people who pray in tongues, I can't really say that I've ever been in a situation where it actually did any good to hear somebody praying in tongues out loud in a church. I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm just saying I haven't ever experienced that. I mean, you can see in Scripture, Paul talks about it, and he says, yeah, people do that, and it's okay that people do that up to a point. But I don't. I haven't personally been in a situation where it's been something that seems like a positive thing. I think probably it's more for the person who's praying because they don't know what to say, but they feel like God wants to say something. And so they get up in church and they say this. But once again, we come back to this whole area of you need to have some kind of an interpretation and and you need to be following God's guidance. And so somebody jumping up in church and praying in an unknown tongue, I think there's a place for that. I just don't know for sure what that place is. Hope you'll hear my heart there. Uh, it, what you see in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, Paul gets up and he starts praying in tongues. In the second chapter of Acts, it says that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as God, the scripture says, gave them utterance. And in that case, the people who were standing around there, they heard in their own language. And that was because God was speaking to them in their spirit. And so these words that were coming out of the disciples' mouths sounded in their ears in their own language. And that's a completely different kind of tongue than a praying tongue, the kind that you pray in the privacy of your own closet. So what we have to understand, I think, is that there are these different kinds of tongues and different kinds of praying. There's the kind of praying that you do in public where Everyone is joining in, and we are all praying the same prayer. We're all in agreement with the prayer. But there's another kind of praying that you do in your own closet where you talk to God. What also gets missed in this discussion about prayer is the kind of praying where it's not so much a request or a begging. And, you know, remember we talked about that, that at the beginning, that we're not begging God, we're speaking God's word. And so in that case, prayer is a bad word to use in those kinds of situations because you are speaking God's word and in that kind of a situation, your prayer isn't really a prayer so much as it is a declaration of God's word. And so we, we use that same word pray sometimes, 
when we say we're praying for someone, but in the midst of that quote-unquote prayer, I'm saying rather than praying. Because in a situation like that, we call it prayer, but really what I'm doing is I'm speaking God's authority into that situation, and I'm saying, sickness, I speak to you just like when what Jesus did when Jesus said to the devils, come out of them. When I do that, they call that prayer, but it's I'm speaking to those sicknesses and I'm speaking to those demonic spirits and things that are going on in that person. And I'm doing that because I'm doing it in Jesus's name, in his authority. And we call that prayer, but it's it's much more than prayer. I hope that makes sense. This is a pretty huge subject, and of course we're not going to be able to get it done here in 20 minutes. But what I think we need to understand is that God is interested in in peace, and he's interested in health and healing and wholeness among the body of Christ, and also for those who are willing to receive, just as Jesus was willing for anyone who would receive the benefits of the gospel. And we've talked about that. If you didn't hear that one, you need to go back and listen to that. God's will is for all of us to receive everything that he has available for us. And as a minister, it's your job to take Jesus and everything that Jesus is and the same authority that he had, that's been given to those of us who have accepted his ministry to be able to give to others what's been given to us. And that's that's not necessarily an easy thing to do because there's so many different religious ideas about what that means and who we are and the worldly ideas. And of course, you have to understand that the devil is completely opposed to you doing that. And so he's going to do everything he can to minimize that and degrade that in the eyes of everyone else and even in your own eyes so that you feel like, well, I'm not worthy. Well, of course, you're not worthy because you're speaking in the name of Jesus. You're not speaking in your own name. If I came into a place and I said to, I mean, we have the story in Scripture where somebody showed up and they said, we cast these devils out in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. And the devils said to those guys in that story, the devils said, well, we know Paul. And we know Jesus, but we don't know you. And so the devil just beat the snots out of that guy. And you can read about that story in the 19th chapter of Acts.
that song is from a group called Redeemer's Cross. I wasn't able to find any links to the band online anymore. I got that song several years ago, but they're still on Spotify. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you if you want to listen to some of their other music. Um, And if you know somebody from Redeemer's Cross or if you're from Redeemer's Cross, give me a shout. I'd like to find out what's going on with those guys nowadays. So the reality, uh, let me just close with this. The reality is that we have the authority to be able to speak the words of God and expect God to honor those words just as Jesus did because he died for us and gave us that ability and that authority. But that's not something to be taken lightly or to just be used as something to promote yourself, obviously. I mean, (laughs) that sort of makes sense. The main thing that we need to take away from all of this is that prayer is a lot more than just, please God, do something. It's a lot more than going to a church, lighting a candle, and hoping that God does something. And this is going to take quite a bit more study and understanding and research on your part. And I think that I've given you the basics. If you'll go and download the Bible study from my website at jallensmith.com, that will give you several verses that will help you to be able to research this and to see that it's, it's a lot bigger than we have thought it to be. All right. So thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. I hope this answers some of your questions. Like I say, if if they're not, you can get a hold of me on my email address or you can download the book, as I just said, and we can discuss it further if, if you want to. Otherwise, I'm going to see you next week and we are going to talk about spiritual warfare and what that looks like. All right, take care. Thanks for coming. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.